0: for the Word of God. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Um, Actually I'm going to pray because I think I'm just going to jump straight into the Word this afternoon. Heavenly Father we thank you so much my God for the gift of Jesus. My God we thank you my God that because of that birth my God we received my God new birth into living into a living hope. Father God, we pray, my God, may we not just celebrate that hope but may we experience that hope, my God, truly, Father God, in each of our individual lives. My God, we pray, my God, that as your word goes forth today, I pray that though it be my mouth that is moving, let it be your spirit that is speaking into every life, into every art, into every issue, Father God. Father God, we thank you, my God, may something take place, may deliverance happen, my God. May your people be set free, my God. In consequence of your word today, we thank you now for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Luke chapter one, and uh, being Christmas, we sort of ha- will follow that theme a little bit uh, and find out what God is saying. And uh, in the Gospel of Luke, um, Luke sort of uh, describes the birth of Christ well. But he he begins, and we're going to start from verse 1 through 3, he begins by saying in verse number 1, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis, Luke said my mission in writing this is to draw up an account of the things which have been fulfilled amongst us. And I even like the, the wording a bit as Luke tells us that he, he, he tells us to draw up an account. In other, it's almost like a uh, banking term that, that he is now opening an account in which he is depositing into this account. The things which were fulfilled amongst them. And I think it is something that we should also get into a habit of doing, is recording and depositing and creating an account of all that God has done amongst us and in our lives. Because it, those accounts are important to walk out the life of faith that God has called us to live. That, that, that there comes moments where you really have to make a withdrawal from those accounts to create faith and hope in your heart to know that if God did it back then, he will do it again. Amen? And so Luke reminds us that God is not just a God that makes promises, but God is a God that fulfills those promises, he said, all of this I am writing to you, these are not just promises, these are things, this is the testimony of what God has fulfilled amongst us. Sometimes you have to know that, that God is not just a promise giver, he is a promise keeper. That he fulfills that which he promises and so therefore Paul testifies in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 he says that 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 the that unto us the fulfillment of the ages has come unto us the fulfillment the fulfillment not the promises the fulfillment he says what was a promise to one generation unto us has come the fulfillment Of the ages has come to us, so that we are walking in the grace, in the splendor, in the power of the manifested promise of Christ. This is part of the testimony that we have come to celebrate in the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ, amongst many other things, testifies to us that God is a God who fulfills the promises that He makes. So, Paul in when Paul in Romans chapter eight. Verse 32, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? In other words, it tells us that if God fulfilled his promises in giving us Christ, that fulfillment of that promise should testify, be a testimony to every other promise that God has given to us. That he, if he fulfilled that promise, how much more will he not also fulfill every other promise that God has given to us. And this is exactly in what Elizabeth is, testifies also to Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 45. And we're going to go through little passages here and there of the Christmas story. But Elizabeth when mary comes to elizabeth after the encounter with the angel one of the things that elizabeth declares unto mary he says she says to her blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told for her uh, which were told her from the lord help me sort of testify on this christmas Sunday, help me testify to your neighbor and tell them there will be a fulfillment. That's a good warm-up, but now I want you to say to them like you really believe it because somebody needs to hear and know that there will be a fulfillment. Yeah, there will be a fulfillment. When God gives you a promise, it means that there will be a fulfillment. That God does not make a promise that he does not keep. He is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man, that he should change his mind. That no longer how long ago that he made you the promise. Even the promises that you forgot about. When God makes a promise, he does not forget about the promises that he made. He will bring a fulfillment of those things which he promised you. So now help me me preach to your other neighbor and tell them, there will be a fulfillment. There will be a, that's the testimony that Christ shows us. That there will be a fulfillment. Of those things, Elizabeth said, I don't know exactly what God said to you, Mary. All I can tell you is of those things, of those things which were told to you by the Lord, there will be a fulfillment. I don't know what God has promised you. But what I can tell you of those things which God has promised you, on this Christmas morning, I used the opportunity to testify to you, there will be. Be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. I don't know if you understand how serious God is about the promises he makes to you. He said, there will be, blessed is she who has believed, for there will be a fulfillment because it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. In fact, when God this is what God did for Mary, did to Mary, when He deposited his promises into the womb of Mary, he did not only just deposit that promise into our biological womb, but he deposited that promise into the womb of time. Because we know that that's what a womb is. It's not just biological, it's time, it's chronological. That the moment that conception takes place, the clock starts ticking. The clock t- starts ticking. It's only a matter of time because once con- the, the, the minute conception takes place, that clock in the womb starts click- ticking. And it becomes just a matter of time. And I have come to announce to somebody your promise is in the womb of time. It's in the womb of time and the clock is ticking. And the countdown has started. It's just a matter of time tell your neighbor, say, just, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Ask any farmer that deposits a seed into the ground. He would just tell you, it's just a matter of time. The moment the seed goes into the ground, the clock starts ticking. It's just a matter of time. It's not just an if, it's just a when. It's just a matter of time. And that's what Gabriel came to tell Mary that the clock is ticking and there will be a fulfillment. Now, That is not just promised, there's a countdown that is initiated. And now it's just a matter of time, the clock is ticking, and your time of delivery is drawing closer. How do you know the time of delivery is drawing closer? I want to speak to everybody who, in this last season, has been feeling an unusual pain and unusual pressure. And 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 an unusual certain circumstances, and even you've been begin, you're beginning to feel the squeeze of life in an unusual ways. And and what's funny is the pressure is not even really coming from the outside. The pressure feels like it's coming from the inside of you. I want to let you know that that pressure that you've been experiencing, that pain that you've been experiencing, is a sign, is a signal that delivery is drawing closer. Isn't it interesting that the sign for a woman that, the, that she's about to give birth is pain? That that moment where she feels that, and I've never experienced it, but I watched it happen, and your wife gives you that look, you know, she says, it's time. I want to let you know that thing you've been experiencing has been telling you it's time. In fact, when you really are in God's purpose and plan, you understand that things are not just allowed to happen to you, that nothing just happens, that everything that you go through, it, 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 there is a rhyme and reason to it. I know it doesn't feel like it in the chaos of the moment, but we have the testimony of our own lives and the testimony of Scripture. And Paul says it like these, these light and momentary trials are achieving for us. We're not just going through it to go through it. We, it is achieving for us. Even when it's a result of your mistakes. Even when it feels like it's a result of other people's doings. Nothing just happens to your life. That God will use all of it to push out your purpose. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In fact, this is what has Hale so nervous. It can, it can sense it can sense, it can smell when fulfillment is drawing closer in your life. And see, some of you don't understand the reasoning behind some of the things that you've been going through and why you're experiencing the level of attack that you are experiencing in this last season. But it's only because you don't fully grasp the magnitude and the weight of the assignment that's upon the promise that God has put in your life. In fact, when Mary gave birth to Jesus, do you know... Kings and regiments of armies and soldiers went out looking, not, for, not, not, not against another army, not against a man, but went out looking for a small babe. Oh, these grown men, grown soldiers, regiments going out, searching for a baby. Why? When the enemy attacks you, he doesn't attack you based on who you are, what you are, or where you are in the moment, but rather he attacks you on the level of your assignment and purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He attacks you. In in, in fact, in, in fact, you you your your attack sometimes is a revelation to you about the weight of the assignment of God is placing upon your life. Sometimes the attack that the enemy wages against you is a compliment. To the assignment God has placed in your life that he wouldn't be attacking you on that level. That's what sort of David said at one point. He went, he went to Saul, and he was running from away from Saul, and he says, he says, why are you chasing me? I am like a tick. I'm like a flea on a dog's back. Why are you chasing me? But what, little did David realize that the enemy realized something that he didn't realize. It sensed the weight of the assignment upon his life, and he was not attacking him based upon who he was. He was attacking him based on the level of the assignment upon his life. And so all hell is doing, hell is doing all it can, trying to get you to abort the promise that God has put in your life. Could this be why, when the angel came to Mary, one of the first things he told Mary was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I tell you never say, do not be afraid. Verse 30 of chapter number, uh, of Luke 1, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. But here's the thing. I could say a lot about that, but uh, for the sake of time, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I begin to see in this is when Gabriel says, do not be afraid, it has, it has been my observation that God is not in the habit of saying things that don't need to be said. What I'm trying to say is that I don't believe that he is talking about the fear that comes from being startled in the moment of the angel's appearance. That's what, the way it looks many times. But I don't know if, I, I believe that, I don't know about you, but I believe that God is very strategic with his words. That, that, that he, he doesn't waste his breath. You know, you know, with the people we have small talk, how is the weather, how are you doing and all this. God, God doesn't do small talk. His words are life and power. That, that when he says, there's too much power in what he says for him to do small talk. So I don't believe that he wastes his breath saying things that don't need to be said. And I, that he's talking about some type of startlement that, you are, that you're experiencing in the moment. But rather, I believe that he's addressing the fear that Mary will confront as she, as she goes through the process of both carrying and birthing this promise of God. Uh, in fact, I find it amazing um, that ha- the moment that was pregnant with so much hope was surrounded with so much fear. It felt like everywhere the angel went, the introduction to the message, before he even really got to the promise, the very first words out of his mouth was, "Do not be afraid." "Mary, do not be afraid." Zechariah, do not be afraid. Joseph, do not be afraid. Shepherds, do not be afraid. In, 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 everywhere it all began with do not be afraid. In fact, that's even what, remember, what, that's what God even said to Joshua when he was on the edge of the promised land, that sometimes the closer you get the promise of God the closer you get to fulfillment it feels like the attack intensifies and the fear intensifies and things intensify and and it's funny that he is right on the edge of the promise and God comes to Joshua and tells him do not be afraid do not be discouraged and in fact about three times he tells him do not be afraid Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Have have I not command? it, it It was not even a suggestion. The Bible says he commanded Joshua. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It's funny. He didn't talk about even discouragement when they were in the wilderness. But somehow it feels like the closer you get to the promise of God. It feels like it's funny how the closer you get to the promise, you would think that you would be encouraged the closer you get. But somehow the enemy knows how to get you discouraged and intimidated the closer you come to the promises of God. And so everywhere the promise comes, he keeps, the angel keeps saying, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And see, my question is, why would the angel feel the need to address the fear if it did not matter to the equation Of what God was doing. But the fact the angel addresses their fear. Before he addressed their promise. Tells me that fear was a barrier. That stood between them. And them being able to receive. The promise of God. In fact. Coming back to Joshua again. You you find in the passage here. Joshua is. He's about to enter the promised land. Where he's about to. He's about to. Uh, confront all of these different uh, races and these different enemies of Israel, the Jebusites and the Amorites, and, and I call them all the Ites. You know, the, 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 the listing goes on, and even the Bible talks about the the uh, the race that created uh, Goliath was also there. And But God doesn't talk about any of those things. He doesn't talk about all those enemies that he's going to— Instead, he starts confronting Joshua's fear, do not be afraid. Do not be. Have it not commanded you, do not be afraid. Do not be, and it sort of tells me that the real enemy that you're really going to have to overcome, the real enemy that you have to worry about is not the exterior opposition. It's not the exterior needs. It's not all these things you're going to face on the outside. But the thing that you're really going to have to confront is the fear within your heart. The stuff that you're going to have to confront is, is all up in your head. And, 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 and this, is what, this is what God chooses to address and to challenge as Joshua was about to set out into the promise. He said what you really have to worry about, Joshua, is not all those people out there. But it's the mentalities and the fears and the questions and all these things that, that, that are inside of here. And if you can overcome this, you can t- take possession of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so this is why I believe that God, everywhere he goes, he, 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 before he starts talking about the promise, he begins to confront our fears. See, fear cannot stop what God is doing, but fear can blind you to what God is doing. Fear cannot stop what God is doing, but fear can keep you from embracing what God is doing. And see, the thing about fear is that Fear will make you, make you run from the things that you should be running towards and run towards the things you should be running from. And that's what the Bible, in fact, the Bible says when, when, Joseph, found, when um, Joseph found Mary to be with child, the Bible says that he had in mind to put her away quietly. That's what the Bible says. Until dr- an angel appeared to him in a dream. And the Bible says, as he appeared to him in the dream, God, the angel said to Joshua in the, um, Joseph in the dream, he said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because fear is about you to, to cause you to put away what you should be embracing. And embrace what you should be putting away. That Joseph beware because you are about to allow fear to abort the purpose and the promise of God in your life. Hebrews chapter 2, verses number 14 and 15. Let me show you something. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Amen. Destroy, destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery... By their fear of death. So watch this now. Two different deliverances taking place. One is deliverance from Satan, who hold, who held the power of death. But also, but the thing is, they were not held in slavery by death, but rather they were held in slavery by their fear. death, So it was not the thing that made them a slave, but it was their response to the thing. That Satan had the power of death, but his power is not what kept them slaves. It was their own response. So when the enemy attacks you with something, what he's really after is your response. Because it is by your response that you're enslaved. So the issues... That the enemy brings into your life is nothing more than a catalyst or a response. Because ultimately, our response will always be more powerful than the issue. Our response is more powerful than the issue. In fact, I'll give you this your life is not a product of what happens to you, your life is a product of your response to what happens to you. David, the whole thing with David and Goliath tells us that. Israel and David faced the same Goliath. What, what uh, separated the two of them is not the obstacle they faced or the thing they were going through, but their response to it. And so the, the arena where our freedom is either lost or won is the arena of our response. So Jesus said, I have come to set you free not just from the issue, but from your fear of it. Is that good? He, he, he came to set us free from our fear of it. Because fear makes us a slave. What a chain is to a slave, fear is for us. In that, what does a chain do? A chain controls your, uh, it controls your movements. It controls how far you can go controls how far you can stretch controls how far you can reach ch- the the chain controls your movements controls how far you go and so in other words fear is a controlling spirit fear is a con- in fact Goliath Goliath that's what Goliath was he was a controlling spirit imagine for 40 days and 40 nights Goliath held the whole nation at bay without touching them. For all the boasts that he made, he laid not a finger on them. They never met swords. Never, ne- it, they never touched them. He never touched them. There was, no inter- there was no physical interaction. There was no physical battle that ever occurred. It, he held them all through fear. In fact, when Goliath was holding them back, He was holding them back in their own territory. That the enemy drew their battle lines in Judah itself. Which means that fear was keeping them behind the lines of what rightfully belonged to them. And I have to ask the question, what is fear keeping you from? Because fear is designed to control you, to keep you behind the lines of your purpose. They keep you behind the lines of your potential. They keep you behind the lines of your promise. He, it, it is a controlling spirit. This is why the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy, 1, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy rather, One, it tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I want everybody to listen to me really clearly on this point. That God never, ever, ever will ever communicate nor speak through fear. God will never, ever speak, communicate, or try to move you or suggest to you or encourage you through fear. God says, I have not... God said, I I want to make it clear. God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. God says, if fear is in it, I want you to know I was not the author of it. It did not come from me. The suggestion did not come from me. God said, I do not use fear to move you. I use faith to move you. I don't use fear to move you. God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God said if, it, if I spoke it, it should create faith. It should create hope. It should create encouragement. It should create peace. It should create joy. Even if God is rebuking you, it will still produce faith. It will still, it will still produce hope. And I, I've taught this a little bit before, but if you go, go throughout all the scriptures, even when God was rebuking people, he always left it at a point of faith. He, he would go on. He said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And at the end, he said, but nevertheless, I will leave a remnant. That is the nature of God. He said, I'm going to leave you with faith. I'm not going to leave you with fear. Hallelujah. God has not given us the spirit. Not the feeling. The spirit. You see, see, fear is more than a feeling. It's more than an emotion. God sort of reveals it for what it is. He said it's a spirit. as a controlling spirit. Fear is a spirit feeding you a story based on a selective interpretation of the circumstances that surround you. In other words... For instance, I'll, I'll say it like this. For instance, we talked about earlier how, how sometimes labor pains, it's a sign of birth. But there can be in different interpretations of that pain. Right? You can either say, my time of delivery has come. Or you can say, I'm going to die. <laughs> the women said, that was the opportunity, women. There's an interpretation. And sometimes what the spirit of fear will do is feed you an interpretation based on what you're experiencing. How do I? The Bible says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. Okay? Now, this was a process that God was taking him through to gain victory for us. That's another sermon. But, but here's my thing. The enemy can give you an interpretation of that process. And that's what the enemy was trying to do. If God is with you, if you are the son of God, then why are you going through this? If you are the son, the enemy was trying to give him an, an interpretation about what he was going through. And that's what the enemy will do in your life. He will give you an interpretation of what you are going through. Fear is a spirit, and what some of you have been experiencing in this season, whether you realize it or not, is that you are under a spiritual attack. A spiritual attack. You you, you can give it natural explanations, but I'm here to tell you that though it looks natural, it's not natural. I want to testify that the pressure you've been undergoing the assault that you've been experiencing is not just the right combination of circumstances, but it's, it is spiritual in origin. You may ask, why is that relevant for us to know? If you have a fire in your house and it's being fueled by something dry, like paper or cloth or wood, something dry, you pour water on that fire, the fire will go out. If the fire is being fueled by some type of liquid like, for instance, oil or, or fuel or something, and you try to pour water upon that fire, the fire won't go out. You're going to spread the fire. So it's important for you know. So even though the fire is the same, it's important for you to know the fuel that's causing the fire in order to fight it properly. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So on the outside, the flame is the same, but what's fueling it is different they both have flames but their fuel differs and you have to respond to them differently and see some I said that because some of you had just you've been going out of your mind because in the season because it feels like like so many things are happening and you're pouring water upon it, trying to put the fire out, trying to put the fire out in the situations and trying to put the fire out in your mind. And it feels that no, 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 much, no matter how much water, you feel like you're pouring upon the situation or pouring upon the thought or pouring upon the worry. It just feels like the, 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 the situation is getting worse and the fire is spreading. And, and, and because It is because you're trying to use logic and intellect to solve a spiritual attack. And it does not work. There's moments for you to use logic. There are some situations that need logic, but you have to know the source of the issue. Because if you try to pour logic upon something that's spiritual, all that's gonna happen is you're going to spread the fire. Is that good? And, and so, and, and you know, the way that you address an oil fire, is that you have to smother it. You have to suffocate it. You have to rob it of oxygen. And see, when the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, I don't think the angel is saying, do not feel fear. Because I don't know if it's possible not to feel fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God does not command you something that's not in your power to do. If he commanded you, that means that there is, there is some level of power for you to obey it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a fair command. I don't think he's saying do not feel fear. I don't think he's, not, he's talking about feeling. But I, rather, I believe that what the angel is saying is do not respond to fear. There is a difference between feeling fear and responding to fear. And I believe what God, what the angel was saying is do not respond to fear. Don't, ha- don't engage it. Don't have a conversation with it. Because the more you engage it, the more you try to respond to it, it's like you're giving it oxygen. You, you, you need to suffocate it with neglect. Can, can I show you something? In Nehemiah chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 4... Uh, They give you background, Nehemiah has been called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And there he is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. But all throughout, if you got, maybe throughout this week in your own private devotion time, go take a read of Nehemiah, even from chapter 1 onward. But they rebuild the wall, but they do it under constant threat, under constant harassment. Uh, and and it, it is constant all throughout the book of Nehemiah as they're rebuilding the wall. The enemy is, in fact, the, the, the attack, it's so intense at one point. The Bible says that Nehemiah instructed the men of the wall to carry a hammer in one hand and a sword in another. That's how, 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 how intense the threat was. But what's interesting is that all throughout the book, the enemy actually never physically attacks all throughout the book constant threats constant harassment constant uh, rumors constant it's just constant it's constant you you can imagine what, i mean they're they're keeping they, they have night watches they have swords and ha- they, but not one time throughout the book is there a physical or, uh, altercation what it was was a psychological warfare it was warfare in their minds it was warfare in their thoughts. It was warfare in their hearts. This, were, this is where the attack was. And this is, in, let, let me, Nehemiah 6, uh, I tell you what, let's, for the sake of time, da, 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 6, 1 through, uh, let's go to verse 6, 6, 6, Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, Gishim, and the, the Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. And that that there were no bricks left in it. Though at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates. That Sambaloth and Gishem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought, watch this, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it? and go down to you. Verse 4, But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Now verse number 9, watch this. For they were, for they all were, for they all were trying to make us afraid. Look at the goal. Their, their goal was not to uh, physically attack them. Their goal, they said, For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, God strengthened my hands. Here's the thing. Nehemiah, Nehemiah realized that this whole engagement, they, they were calling him down. They were saying, listen, Nehemiah, let's, let's talk this over. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a meeting. Let's, let's, let's talk about the issues and our differences and what we're going through. And He said, let, 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 why don't you come down and let's talk. But Nehemiah said, I knew that this, this conversation was not designed for my benefit. It was not designed to bring me a solution. This conversation was meant to bring fear. And if, it, if I allow this fear in, this fear is going to weaken me and rob me of strength, rob me of joy, rob me of peace, that this conversation is not designed to add to me. This conversation is meant to pull my heart away and pull my soul away from what God has called me to do. And so, and he said, and he said I know, and Nehemiah realized, if I try to engage in this conversation it is like me giving oxygen to the fire. So he says, you know what? I'm not going to even engage. I'm not going to even have the conversation. He he said, in fact, he refused to even go to them personally. The Bible says he sent messengers. And he said, tell them I cannot come down. I will not come down from the work that God has called me to do. I can't come down and talk to you. And the Bible says four times. It doesn't it sound like the enemy? Thoughts like this keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, trying to get your attention, trying to trying to arrest your thoughts, trying trying to trying to create space, trying to eat at your time. They keep coming. And every time he said, I'm not coming down, I'm not gonna have the conversation. He, 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 said, I know, I, he, he said, You can have the conversation with yourself. I I I, I don't care. You can say whatever you want to say. It, it, it's fine, but I'm not gonna have the conversation. My God. And, 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 and he kept coming, and he, said, and he said, and every single time, they kept coming through this way, and that way, trying to, get, trying to get him to bite the bait. But every time, he says, I refuse to have the conversation. I refuse to engage. Some of us need to tell the devil, I'm not coming down. You need to tell those thoughts In your mind and heart, I'm not coming down. I'm not having the conversation. I'm not engaging this conversation. I don't care what you say. What you say might happen. I don't care. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to even engage the conversation. I'm not giving oxygen to this fire. And he was, there's sometimes answer, the the, the greatest answer you can give the devil is Silence. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's the He just was saying, I refuse. I refuse. I'm not gonna have the conversation. In fact, in fact, the, the, can we all stand and rise? I'm about to finish. But I just want you to take 60 seconds. I don't know. I don't know the thoughts that's fighting in your head. I don't know the thought that the, the, the that the enemy keeps harassing you with. But you need you need to get you need to understand. Those thoughts are not your friend. Those things are are not offering you solutions. That there is no solution to be gained. You cannot fight a spiritual fight with intellect. Your, Your intellect is only going to fuel the fire that's in your head and inside your heart. And you're, you, I, I know you're thinkers. Some of you are thinkers. You like solving problems in. in life. Maybe, maybe the tools of your life and your experience of your life has taught you to engage with it with your intellect and with your knowledge. But I'm telling you right now, that thing is not designed to be your friend. The Bible says that Nehemiah realized. He said, "I am not coming down. I am not coming down. I am not coming down for what God has called me to do." You know what I love, and we're gonna pray in a moment. That Nehemiah, you see, there was a choice. He said, For me to engage this means to neglect that. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants your passion and your energy to be finished here so you won't have the strength to engage that over there. And he said, I have a choice to make. I can't engage this and engage you at the same time. So he said, I have a choice. I'm going to engage my promise. I'm going to engage with my calling. I'm going to engage my purpose. And You see, there's something that the enemy is trying to distract you from. There's something that the enemy is trying to pull your heart from and your mind from in your passion from. But you need to get, set your heart like flint. Like Nehemiah said, I will not come down. I'm staying Engaging his promises. I'm I'm staying and see some of you you know what God has been saying to you. You know the promise that that despite despite what you're experiencing here, despite the struggle, God has been giving you promises. God has been speaking to you. And this is even what the angel told told Mary. He said, You're blessed, you're favored, but do not be afraid. And Mary at the end, she said it's something so powerful. She finished, she finished it so so powerfully. She said, Let it be to me. As your word has declared in other words Mary said I'm not going to engage my fears I'm going to engage my promise I'm going to engage what you spoke to me you've given me a promise you've given me a word I'm going to stay up there I'm not going to come down here is anybody ready to say I will not come down I will not come down devil I'm not coming down from I'm not coming down to talk I'm gonna to talk to my promise. I'm gonna to talk to my God. I'm gonna to talk to my hope. I'm gonna engage my purpose. I'm not coming down. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, my God, we cast down every imagination. My God, we pull down every stronghold of the enemy now, my God. My God, every thought, every pretense that exalts itself against the knowledge of God that exalts itself against the knowledge of your truth and promises in our life. My God we choose, my God, we pull it down, we keep it down where it belongs, my God. We don't bring it up, my God. We pull it down, Father God. We don't elevate it, my God. We bring it down, Father God. My God and right God, we elevate your promises, my God. We elevate what you declared in our lives. We elevate your purpose in our lives. We elevate, my God, our your hope, my God, that you put before us now, my God. Father God, let it be unto us, my God. Let it be unto us as your word, as your word, not my fears, but as your word, my God. Hey, my God. We refuse to come down in Lord. We refuse to come down. My God, you've called us for a great work, a great work, my God. And it's it's going up right now. That's what the enemy is afraid of. He sees the walls coming up. He sees God's promises coming up in your life. He sees God's purpose coming up in your life. But I will not come down. We pull it down now. Shay, 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 Shay. Oh, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, my God. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite you, my God. The battle is not ours, my God. We don't even have to fight the battle. We don't have to go down to fight the battle. My God, for the battle is yours, my God. My God, we don't pretend the battle is ours, my God. But my God, we leave it there, trusting that you will do battle on our behalf, my God. Say to the Lord, Rebuke you. The Lord silence you right now in the name of Jesus. Give us the grace. Give us the grace now to commit our hearts, to commit our thoughts, to commit our vision, to commit our focus to what you have said and what you are doing in our life, my God. Give us great discernment now. I just want to give this 60 seconds. I just sense God working even right now. Go ahead. You tell it. I'm not coming down. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not coming down. I've come up too high to come back down now. Hey, Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Fulfillment has come. Time is, I'm not coming down. Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for deliverance right now. We thank you for the yoke being broken right now. We thank you for strongholds coming down right now. We thank you, Jesus.